Are you ready to live your best life, be stronger, and fall in love with yourself? It's possible, and it's inside you, but you need to unlock the power within. Welcome to Fearlessly Authentic with Jody Harrison Bauer. Jody used to be afraid to take risks. It took some stepping out of her comfort zone to get her there. Along with her guests and their stories, Jody will help you to live your best life ever. Now, here's your host, Jody Harrison Bauer. Good afternoon, everybody. Happy Thursday, and welcome to Fearlessly Authentic. I am your host, Jody Harrison Bauer, and I am so happy to have you join us once again. And everybody who is listening all around the world, I appreciate the love you're throwing at us. I really, really do, because this podcast, this radio show is all about educating you, empowering you, so you could inspire others. And today's power couple is going to teach you how to do that, how to live an excellent life, how to be true to yourself, and you can take away so much from this show. So I'm going to get right into it because we have a lot to cover, but I wanted to remind you to please subscribe, save, share with all of your friends this podcast because I'm telling you this is going to be a great, great episode to share. So I wanted to introduce my guests, Angelique and David Nori. I'm going to first welcome you to say hi to everybody. Welcome. Hello, everybody. Hey, thank you so much for having us. Yes, it is really my honor to have you. I've been looking forward to this episode for a very long time. So I'm going to give you guys a little information about... Oh, no, I am just had all of your... Okay, here we go. I thought I deleted it. Oh, my goodness. Okay, live radio. Hello. Uh, David and Angelique Nori are a husband and wife team who work together teaching others how to live a mission-driven life and be profitable in their health, relationships, and business. They work closely together, first building their foundation and philosophies at home so they can lead others to the same awakening and personal alignment that they have been searching for. Their Turned On podcast focuses heavily on turning people on and a world that has been tuned out and sedated by the overuse of technology and the need for instant gratification. Absolutely. They believe we are hardwired for connection, physically, spiritually, and professionally, and strive to bring people back to timeless principles relevant to our modern world. In addition, David is the best-selling author of the book, Turned On, and founder of Socially Speaking, an occupational training program designed to help entrepreneurs and professionals articulate their passions and products with a greater degree of charisma and marketability. We're not done yet, okay? Angelique is happily married to David. David's happily married to Angelique and is the mom of three beautiful girls, a five-time cover model world-renowned martial artist and top corporate executive. Her titles include 2007 World Silver Medalist XMA Champion, 2008 Model Florida Champion, and 2008 Miss Bikini America. I was 2009. Um, (laughs) I know, I know. After leading and coaching thousands, she noted the trend of people in the endless chase she was once in and realized that they also needed to discover their own God shape in body relationships and career. Wow. I mean, my goodness, that's, that is a lot. You guys have accomplished so much. The first question I wanted to ask you was you talk a lot about what you were like in your twenties and thirties, the dreams you were chasing, what you were pursuing, what seemed to be important. 
Uh, David, you were kind of a wild kid, a wild 20, 30 something year old. And Angelique, you were pursuing becoming a champion in martial arts and in bikini fitness shows. I don't want to say bikini like yucky bikini. This is fitness, guys. This this was hard. (laughs) As I said, I was 2009. So let's, I want to talk about who you were then and who you are now and how did you get there? Angelique? First, okay. Um, well, who I was then, I think there was a lot of me needing to prove something, um, for a lot of reasons. I mean, I came from a broken home. I was a college dropout turned professional athlete, martial artist. And, um, I think there was a lot of me needing as an only child and, and, a, a you know, a, someone that came from a broken home, I felt like I needed to constantly square off, you know, to, to win a battle, to win, to, in order to win the war, you know, and, and that war I think was an internal one and constantly needing to create peace in the relationships around me, not being confrontational, um, afraid to ruffle the feathers of the world, even though I felt like I had a lot to say. So I would battle it out in different ways, you know, and I did that through competition. I did that through being better today than I was yesterday, being better tomorrow than I was today. Um, you know, always chasing a goal, always looking for the next thing that I could sink my teeth into the bigger, the challenge, the, the more, um, you know, the more attractive it was to me. And, um, I did that through sports. And then I also did it in corporate America. You know, I beat out many candidates that had master's degrees that I shouldn't have even applying the job for because I was a, you know, a college dropout. So there was always this need to prove something. Um, and it wasn't because I felt inadequate. It was simply because I wanted to be able to challenge the status quo. And by challenging the status quo, I wanted to come out of a broken home, not being a victim. I wanted to be someone that said, okay, instead of being a victim of these circumstances, I'm going to rise above it. I want to do everything possible, you know, to prove to myself and to my family that I am who I am as a result of those bad circumstances that I'm going to turn for good and allow for God to have the glory in that. Um, And the same thing to do with uh, my martial arts, you know, I, was behind the eight ball. I didn't start as a child. I started in my 20s. And then I wanted to fast forward my way to hit black belt and be a world champion because it was against the odds. Um, I was against the odds with uh, Miss Bikini America. I didn't go to the bikini show because I wanted to prance around in a bikini and heels. I went because I felt like women should be using their mouths more than they were using their bodies. And so I, again, I went against the odds knowing that I'm going to be up against professionals in this industry, and I've only been training for 12 weeks to get here. And um, those 12 weeks made me a champion. And then I hit magazine covers. And so I was everything about what I was doing was really about rattling the status quo and rattling cages. But I realized that that became an endless chase. Um, and now, um, through the process of learning what I could do physically with my body, I was able to teach myself that that's all across pollination of what I can do mentally, what I can do with my mouth and my mind um, through the business world. And I want to beat the odds there. I want to be able to show women and families, you know, exactly how to be profitable without costing themselves their their peace, their dignity, their relationships, their salvation. Um, so essentially, who I was then, I think, was just sort of a... Um, a micro version of what I'm doing now. Um, it was just that I had different motives and those motives begin to change when I saw 
that the mission never changed. It was just the goal on, on the way to get there had to evolve. Because if the mission was what it is now, what I believe God has, you know, created for me to do is, uh, is create that profit in lives of others, including ourselves. But I needed to understand that I had to do it in more tangible steps than I was able to do in the, in the bigger steps when it came to my spirituality uh, and my relationships at home with my husband and my children. So it was just a, a smaller version of what I am now. And I realized that chasing those goals essentially were only going to get me so far. Like I had to be more mission driven than goal driven. Very, very interesting. I think a lot of people can relate to that mission driven aspect that you need to prove, hey, just because I came from a broken home or just because for me, I got divorced, just because I'm 47 when I started to compete. Talk about being behind the eight ball. I was really behind the eight ball. And it's something that we have to prove to ourselves because we feel like if we have these list of things that we've accomplished, then we're, we're, we're successful in life. But then yeah. there's, there's something that's still inside us that wants to do more. And it's, it's way past the physicality, even though it's part of who we are. So I think that was really important to understand. And thank you for sharing that with us. I really appreciate it. David, how about you? All right. So for every discipline that she just mentioned that she grew up doing, think about the exact opposite. Okay. Seriously. <laughs> um, I, I was, as I was listening to her, I'm thinking to myself, we couldn't be more opposite. I mean, I was like an out of control race car, but at the same time, I, I was falling into things only by the grace of God, keeping me on the right track. In other words, it, everything that you see in this room, for everybody who's watching, if you can't see it and you're just listening, um, I have an Earth, Wind, and Fire T-shirt on, but I have a Lion of Judah hat on. I have um, I have Led Zeppelin pictures behind me, and I have a bunch of uh, exotic whiskeys back there. I haven't changed much in in my pursuit. What she's allowed me to do is is focus more. And and she took an out of control race car and and made it focus. Now, when I say out of control, here's what happened. You know, I was pushing everything to the limits. For those of you that have children, if you ever look at a child especially when they're young and, and they scare you for the reason that you look at them and go, oh my God, that's me. Like, is this child going to grow up exactly like me? When I look at my oldest daughter, like when we're on vacation just now, she doesn't want it to end. Like she cries because she doesn't want the party to stop. At the end of the night, she doesn't want to go to bed because she doesn't want the party to stop. She's very creative. And when she sets her mind on something that she wants to do, it's all out. But man, if she doesn't want to do it, good luck. So that's where I was. I was if you look at the, if you look at the uh, the passage by the Apostle Paul, where he says, "When I was a child, I thought and acted like a child. But when I grew up, I knew it was time to become a man, and I left the ways of childhood behind me. I was resisted in doing that. I was not going to leave the ways of childhood behind me because my personality is that I I seek fun, I seek adventure, and I seek storytelling. And so, when I tell you that I should have been out of control and there should have been times when I would have veered off and crashed. There was something still inside of me that kept me on the right path. So I was a group of fitness instructor and a, a nightlife reporter and an NFL reporter all at the same time. And what would happen is this, in this crazy world, I would be up teaching a spin class at 6.30 a.m. on Fort Lauderdale Beach 
having got home at four o'clock in the morning. Where was Angelique uh, during this time? She's no, oh, she was not around. <laughs> no, <laughs> okay. I was, who knows? She was not around. I was probably kicking and punching somewhere. Right, yeah, right. she was the disciplined one. And I, and I have to relate this story because, look, it is our story. But if your listeners can't find a way to relate to it, then it's no good for them. Here's the thing. Grew up in a house where I was an angel, literally. I mean, I was the kid that never got in any trouble and got straight A's all through, uh, you know, high school, like our oldest college. <laughs> and then I hit a wild streak and I hit a wild streak after I graduated. And, and for some of you guys listening, gals listening, sometimes it's who you're around. You know, the old self-development adage, you are the sum of the five people you hang around. And I went from hanging around really good people that were on the right path to hanging around really bad people who got me off the path. Um, and so thank God I met Angelique. And the one thing I'll say, at one point, God will wake you up and say, hey, it's time to get your house in order. And I think we all have an opportunity to do that. And I don't think you get many opportunities. I think he's always there, but I don't think we get many opportunities to get your house in order and get on the right path. Thank God. I'd almost like I could foresee something coming. And I said, wait a minute, it's time to get your house in order. It's time to, it's time to clean up. And what that means is get rid of the roommates, get rid of the partying, uh, try and start to put yourself on a path of, uh, of a higher authority and get ready for something good to come into your life. And, and so that's, that's where this story begins and ends is we are yin, yin and yang. We are total opposites and we still are. And I still have that part of my past, as you can see in this room, that right. I like to have a good time and, and music means everything to me. And I like to be a storyteller. And here we are. Somehow we made it work. Like we're on 10 years of marriage and three kids and somehow we made it work. And it's not easy all the time because we're still pulling each other to the center. If you look at the politics in this country, there's a right and there's a left. And people say we work best when we're in the center. Think of our marriage like that. There's a right and there's a left. And we work best when she comes closer to me and I comes closer to her because left on our own accord without one another, it's not good. <laughs> I understand that. I was in a marriage for 17 years. And if you can't come to the center, and that's what would happen sometimes, the ego gets in the way, you can't reach the center. And I think it's, it's a constant for everybody who's listening, who's married or in a relationship, like you need you need to work really, really hard to find that center because more than likely you're not married to somebody who is like you because that person's going to drive you crazy. You are attracted to people who are different, who pull out the wonderfulness in you, right? The wild side maybe that Angelique you have and you get that from David and David, the groundedness that Angelique, and I love that her name is like Angel, like yeah. that she's, you know, I love it. Um that's a great comment to make for people to understand that marriage, everybody's heard this marriage is hard work. Sometimes, you know, for those of you out there, maybe it's super easy, but for the most part, it's like anything that's really, really important to you. It takes a lot of work and effort. And the two of you work together now and you work on helping other people pursue a life of excellence and you, you talk about faith, you talk about relationships, you talk about business, and you talk about health. And I wanted to ask you if you had uh, any daily practices that you do for yourself that you can share with others. And then I want to get into the, the different pursuits of excellence in those four that I listed. But David, what do you do? Is there anything that you do on a daily basis that 
uh, sets the tone for your day? You know what? I'm going to be honest with you. Um, we're in a we're in a period of chaos right now in our home, much like everybody else's. And I could come on here and say, "Oh, I do this, this, and that." To tell you the truth, it, it's been a tough year for everybody. And I think the one constant has been, and, and what I mentioned in the book is, we try and get up and get off to a good start. So I I talk about turn your day on in the book. That's a whole chapter. And what that means is. It means getting up on time. It means not going right to your social media, but what it means is trying to get your head clear. And that part has been pretty consistent. I'd say that's been the most consistent part. So that means um, either reading a, a, a couple pages of a book, really getting into the word and, and trying to take some time to ask God where he wants me. And then I think ending that day in prayer uh, vocal prayer with my children has been the most grounding part. But everything else, I'm going to be honest with you. Look, um, you can teach something. You could say something. You could be a master in something and still struggle in it. For instance, our whole mission right now and the book and the podcast is to be present. When you said, Jody, hardwired for connection, that means physical connection. That means to be in the presence of one another. Presence is a huge part of the turned on experience. So we just got back from a family vacation. And I want to reiterate to people, you never do it and it it just runs. You always have to be cognizant. So presence is the key to being cognizant of the relationships. That means when my daughter is on her birthday and she's playing with an iPad, it's your birthday. We are We are in the same situation. Everybody listening to this, we are pulled by the same devices. And when I mean devices, I'm literal. We are pulled by our phones, computers, iPads, tablets, whatever you want to call it. So I think the only thing we can control usually are those times in the beginning and middle uh, and end of our day. How do we wake up and how do we go to sleep? Everything in between is kind of chaotic at times. Let's face it. It's a little messy. You would love to say you have a strict schedule. And I think some people really do, but I think that's a very, very small percentage. And we could teach something and we could know it. As teachers, we still have to be students of our own method. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. Angelique? Um, well, you know, turned on, you know, one of the uh, the metaphors we talk about is the, the flipping of a switch, right? And there's right. really nothing simpler than flipping a switch. And, um, you know, David hit the nail on the head. I mean, we are just, 2020 has been, you know, sort of the gift that keeps on giving. And I say that sarcastically, but it's been a challenging year and we're homeschooling children. We've got a newborn, um, you know, we, we transitioned, we resigned from a business and transitioned to a whole new business. Uh, we launched uh, new products. We went to a second season of our podcast. Um, David published his book. He took his speak up to the corporate sector. I mean, it has just been tons of favor and blessings, but lots and lots of hard work in and out of the trenches with all of the different variables that we have going on. It's, it's not like we wake up and we don't have distractions. I mean, outside of our phones being distractions, our children are distraction. I mean, it is very difficult to do the amount of stuff that, that we are doing with small children. We have three children under the age of nine, and um, that is a challenge in and of itself. 
But when it comes- it's like juggling on a unicycle, yeah, right? To crazy. rock and roll music. I, and, I and was traffic. I was thinking about it when I you know getting ready for the interview today and how you you're doing this with having a newborn and having the two other girls. I can't believe your oldest is nine years old. I remember when she yeah. was born. My yeah. goodness, time really does fly. Uh, I was a stay at home mom, and I, I you know I taught group fitness classes, but I didn't do anything like this. I don't know how I could have, nor. I don't know how I could have raised them with all of the distractions of of instant gratification, the iPads, the all of this stuff. I didn't have this. I mean, my yeah. girls are 31 and 27. We didn't have those distractions. So yeah, I, distractions galore in your house, right? It is. It's, it's constant. And like most days I always say, I feel like my hair is on fire because there's just so many different things and moving parts. But when we talk about flipping a switch, I, I think it always comes down to a personal audit and you're going to have your days where you fall short of a lot of it, but it's the bare minimum, you know, like flipping a switch sometimes can just be doing something small and simple each day in the areas that we call the, the four hallways of our life, which is our faith, health, which is mind and body, your relationships at home team, we consider marriage and family and business. And are we able to flip, have we flipped a switch in those categories every single day? And there are going to be days where I'm like, dang, I didn't do, I didn't move my body today. You know, I did, certainly didn't hydrate like I wanted to, but at least I ate well, you know, um, same thing with marriage. Like, did we get quality time together? Have we communicated as much as I would like to No, but did we have some uninterrupted time this morning where we could have is what can I do better tomorrow? Same with children business. Did I spend too much time in that hallway today because my my nature is to accomplish and be productive. And that's an area that is very simple for us to kind of get sucked into and allow for the other things to lag behind. So it's really just, to me, I look at it like a personal audit, like productivity. What is producing fruit in my home? What is producing fruit in my body, in my marriage? And if it's not, what needs to be pruned back? What what needs to be, you know, completely, what needs to be deleted from my life? What needs to be outsourced? Um, whatever it might be, we can we can always take a personal audit because I think we get so caught up in being behind that we think that we can't catch up. And if you had a really bad day or a really bad week, like you're entitled to your, what I say, your five minutes, whether it's five minutes or five days, but don't stay there. You know, if you, if you went off the rails in in an argument, if you went off the rails in your nutrition, if you went off the rails and you didn't do anything to forge your business, don't stay there. Just tomorrow is the opportunity for a fresh start. Although it's not guaranteed, we still have the opportunity for a fresh start. And even the next hour from now, we have the ability for a fresh start. So it's just a matter of overcoming that in your mind. So many people beat themselves up. Yeah. And uh, David, you mentioned something about how in back long, long time ago, uh, how people actually physically beat themselves up. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I have it in my notes somewhere. Do you know what I'm talking about? Um, it was uh, in a podcast a few, a few um, months back in November. You were talking about how people physically like would harm themselves if they weren't happy with something they did in the pursuit of excellence. Oh yeah. Well, uh, I mean, I think I was talking about uh, if if you go back to like the the really strict uh, biblical, yeah, like the uh, like an early form of Jesuit church, yes, where yes. where they would physically like for sins they would 
they would harm themselves. They would, you know, just kind of physically, but they would literally like, yeah. you know, whip their backs um, and, and things like that, because we feel like we need to purge that sin somehow. And guilt is a huge part of what happens. Guilt, the, the smallest guilt could be not spending enough time with your children that day. The, the bigger guilt could be, you know, cheating on somebody or, or lying to somebody. Um, so we're all dealing with this thing. I think when you see what the common thread through all of us are is we are consumed by things and, and we are consumed by busyness. So what we have in this culture that are, I won't say parents because some of you guys have really young parents that grew up in it, but let's say grandparents or great grandparents is we've become so successful as a human race that we have time to worry about things that are kind of not worthy of worrying about. In other words, we're consumed by things. Let's be honest. How many of us look for the UPS guy, the FedEx driver, because we're ordering so much on Amazon that every day can be like Christmas, where what is that package that's going to come to my door to give me a little bit of happiness today that I can open? Even our kids now, when the UPS driver comes, is that for me? That's a scary point. Wow. We're consumed by we're consumed by a consumer mentality of buying things for happiness, guilty. Then it's the busyness thing. Like Angelique said, we are so busy sometimes we don't know what we're doing because everybody has multiple pursuits. We we call it our our side hustles and our side hustle hustle hustle. Right. So we don't have a lot of time to focus. And what it's doing, it's not making us happier, it's making us crazier. And and I don't know where this goes. Because part, again, of the turn on experience is presence and recognition. Just like if you are, I've talked to many people who are in a 12-step program, whether it's for drugs or alcohol. The first step is what? Admitting you have a problem, recognizing it. What's the second part is you never come out of it. You're never in full recovery. You're always an alcoholic. So if, you're, if your vice is busyness, if your vice is buying things and consumer mentality, you never come out of that. You're never cured. What happens is you only have the ability to recognize it because you're present. And, and w- without getting too philosophical here, we intended Turned On to be the most commonsensical book, the most commonsensical course you can ever take. It's not about big lofty ideas. It's about common sense. Hey, I'm recognizing that I'm getting a lot of packages. I'm recognizing that I'm only happy when I'm ordering from Amazon, or I'm recognizing that I'm in way too many businesses and I don't have enough time for my family. I need to be more present. For us, the big recognition, Jody, one more thing. The big recognition was the dinner table. That was the big aha moment. The presence, and I'm sure you've all seen it, when you look around and you go, wait a minute, this wasn't really like I grew up. I grew up at a dinner table with parents. Maybe it was one parent like Angelique, but we grew up at the table at an expected time. Our big aha moment, which was a genesis for a lot of this, was being at the dinner table and seeing the TV on, one kid in one room, maybe one kid upstairs, nobody eating the same thing, nobody eating at the same time, parents had the laptop open, or we were out at restaurants and we saw other people doing the same thing. So it is kind of this addiction of our time. That's a lot, and that's something I think every single person can relate to, whether they have children or not, myself with grown children, getting involved in so many things. Like, when am I going to stop and just be still 
and be present because we just go bing, bing, bing. It reminds me of a ping pong machine where you're just going bing, bing, bing. It's like, when do you stop? So when we come back from our break, we're going to take a short break. Everybody stay with us. We're going to get into the pillars of how to pursue excellence and be the most happy and healthy people ever. We'll be back with Angelique and David Norrie in a few minutes. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa. Play Finding Your Frequency Podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. On Fearlessly Authentic, Jody talks about mental and physical well-being, and the key to both starts with proper nutrition. The Jody Fit Jumpstart Meal Plan was created to help your body feel better. Whether your goal is to lose weight, gain muscle, or just feel lighter and more energetic, Following this meal plan can help you get there. The Jody Fit Jumpstart Meal Plan is a 21-day plan to help you learn the most important things about the food we eat and what foods are right for you based on your goals and activity level. The Jody Fit Jumpstart Meal Plan is a real plan for real life. This is not a diet, but a change in lifestyle. The plan is simple and easy for you to follow. In the 21-day plan, you will receive meal ideas, snack ideas, a grocery list, and a 21-day journal crucial to your success with inspirational quotes to keep you motivated and keep track of your progress. The key to success is commitment, consistency, and willpower. Be fearless and trust the journey. Go to JodyFit.com to purchase the JodyFit meal plan now and use the promo code podcast to get 25% off. You need to live up to your full potential. You've heard that for years, but now there's a channel to help you get there. Introducing the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Our listeners have told us that they want to be motivated, hear about success stories, and positive encouragement around the clock. And we've responded to you. The Voice America Empowerment Channel is the home of the world's top life coaches, entrepreneurs, and success experts. Listen to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's here at voiceamericaempowerment.com. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Fearlessly Authentic with Jody Harrison Bauer. We'd love to hear from you with any questions or comments you may have. Send an email to info at jodyharrisonbauer.com. That's info at jodyharrisonbauer.com. Now, back to Fearlessly Authentic. Welcome back, everybody. I'm here with Angelique and David Norrie, and we were talking about how to stay focused, how to not be distracted in a world where we are so distracted, especially this year, 2020, the biggest year of distractions. And we were talking about family and sitting down to the dinner table like we did in the olden days when I was growing up uh, and when there were no, nothing, all there was was a small little television. But David, I remember you pulling the TV off of your wall. I saw that on social media and tell me why you did that. 
So, you know, sometimes it's counterintuitive to think that we have to slow down to move ahead. When, when people think, hey, I got to get ahead and I got to do these things. And I'm saying we have to slow down to move ahead. And it doesn't seem right. You're like, wait, that's backwards. So it starts with now the television has always been a source of distraction. Um, my daughter now is nine. And I told you we have a similar personality. And when I was in my <laughs> mid-20s, I actually had to take my, I think it was the Sega Genesis at the time, out of the room and, and get rid of it because it was John Madden football that I would always play. And I couldn't really police myself. I would say one more game, one more game. Next thing you know, it's two o'clock in the morning. And I knew it wasn't good for me. So um, Hebrews 12, 11 in the Bible says, no discipline seems pleasant at the time, however painful, but it does produce a harvest of righteousness and balance and peace on the other side. So it's a discipline. What happens is we talk about the path of least resistance very often in the book and in the Turned On podcast. We talk about this path of least resistance, this cruise control, the metaphorical cruise control button. We see that. Think about, Jody, what your grandmother would say when you talk about binge watching television. If, if I don't know if your grandmother's alive or your great grandmother, but let's just take somebody in your, in your family's history that was raised in maybe an agricultural society um, and say, hey, what about binge watching? And they'd be like, what, what, right. what, what's binge watching? Like, oh, that's where you sit down and you watch like four or five hours worth of TV in a row. What would your grandparents say? Well, that's not healthy. You guys do that. Right. Like think about back to the future or something like that. Right. Or think about your great grandfather coming back and saying, hey, great grandpa, what did you do for motivational Monday? Your great grandpa would look at you and be like, "What? What? what do you, what's a motivation? Like, I have to get motiv motivated for what? Like, I had to wake up and start milking cows so I could put, you know, food and bread on the table. Right. I, didn't, they I didn't, didn't have time to be bored. Right. They didn't think about these things. They just got up. They did their stuff. They got it done. They raised the kids. They did all that. They didn't think about the, oh, Motivational Monday or any of those things because they just did it. And, and Jody, we have to be careful here because we can't get caught up saying, in my day. No, no, no one 20 something hearing this show wants to hear about the good old days. Let's face it. When, when we were when we were 20, we didn't want to hear our great grandparents talk about the good old days. So we can't lecture them. But what we have to do, Angelique, you're good at this is she is the one that pulls us back. So when it was the TV, I just I had had enough. And, and at first I was going to pull it off in a little bit of a fit of anger. And then I, my cooler head prevailed and I gently took it off. And the next day. The next day, because I knew we'd want to put it back. What did I say? What did we do? Gave it away. We gave it away. A flat screen TV. I said to the neighbors, whoever wants to come pick this up, come get it. Now, we still have a TV upstairs, but it's not the focal point of our family room. It's not the focal point of our kitchen, which most people right now have a, a family room or a kitchen that is. That's the focal point. Um, and I'll just add really quick, I, you know, one of the reasons why we took it down too is just being able to police what is going into our our mind and to our ears and to our eyes and into, into our children. And unfortunately, um, you can't do that if there is something like when I, anything from shows to commercials or whatever, there is, there is an, you know, an agenda. I believe there's an agenda. I believe there's indoctrination going on. And um, and if we want to hold our home to a certain standard, 
um, we want to make sure that we are the ones to be able to give our children information, that we're the ones that be able to educate them, to inform them, to have open discussions, hard discussions, but open discussions. And it's unfortunate that we have to fight against pop culture all the time um, to where it's almost impossible to to preserve any any presence of innocence in their life. So that was another reason was we wanted to take it out of our home so that it wasn't the focal point and so that we were able to control a little bit more of our atmosphere because I think our environment is incredibly important. And I think a lot of parents would agree that that's a good idea. And also for parents to stay off their phone. I know that I have a lot of clients that um, are moms in their 30s, early 40s, and they have little kids and they really have to monitor themselves. Like you were talking about, David, the Dave, the Steve Madden, Steve, is it Steve Madden? The, the football thing. John Madden, yeah. Yeah, John Madden, Steve Madden, the shoes, I don't know. And, <laughs> uh, and uh, you know, you have to monitor yourself. So behind everything, you know, being hardwired for that human connection, pursuing excellence, you know, saying no to mediocrity, that was something that was very, very important in my life as I was raising my children. They were, it was about pursuing excellent, being the best version of yourself. So in your family, in your marriage, you've, you've kind of touched upon how you do that in business. How do you, I know that you coach thousands of people, but how do you continue to coach them when, when they don't feel that they can reach that excellent point? How do you, how do you train, help to train their brains that they can and deserve an excellent way of life? Um, I think excellence is very relative to your current capacity. And I think that if you try to compare my excellence to somebody else's, then you're looking at two completely different things. Um, you know, every, you know, a p- potential is one thing, but capacity is something else. And the means, the, like the, if they have a balloon, for instance, and you, that balloon is a balloon is a balloon, no matter what, it's only potential is to be a balloon, but depending on how much air we infuse it with would depend on how much capacity it holds. So just allowing ourselves to stretch each and every day in our current capacity, whatever season we're in is whatever their excellence might be. So I, I let them set the tone for excellence. I let them decide what is the minimum that I can do right now to, to create that habit, to, um, to steward this area well until, until my capacity grows and I can handle more or I can stretch more. But if I were to try to hold myself to the same standard of fitness that I did, uh, you know, 15 years ago when I was Miss Bikini America, my capacity is not there right now. I just can't. I'm lucky if I can squeeze in 30 minutes. I'm lucky, you know? And so I think we have to remember that whatever excellence is in that season, we always have the the ability to get better each and every day, but we have to do it based on capacity. But we also have to be very honest with ourselves because I think we can also cop out and say, well, I don't have the time or I don't um, have the resources or whatever. And that's often a cop out. There are definite ways that you can create a standard of excellence in your life. I mean, if it's simple, you know, I'll just use the body as an example. If I can get a yoga mat out, the hardest part is putting myself on it. That's the hardest part. But right. don't underestimate the, a good 15 minutes in anything. 15-minute conversation, <laughs> 15 minutes with your children, 15 minutes on a yoga mat, 15 minutes of 
focused business work, like do not underestimate the power of that because that's where capacity is determined and you're allowed to stretch yourself to a new standard of excellence for wherever you are in that point in your life. Yeah. And I, and I think we'd always like to think that everyone was, grew up with parents that said, hey, you can be or do anything you want. We'd always like to think that someone has a spouse at home that's saying, hey, honey, or hey, sweetheart, I'd like you to you know, be successful. But that's not the fact. You know, there's a lot of people when we start coaching people is their, their ability to have any kind of belief in themselves has been shattered by a parent who told them they couldn't do anything or, or talk down to them or by a spouse who told them that they weren't worthy to do this. So we have to, that's where, that's where God comes in first in the faith hallway is letting them know that they are worthy. I'm so happy you brought that up because I think so much of of what we believe in and our form of what is excellent for us, as you said, Angelique, it varies. It's yeah. it's to whatever our capacity is at that moment because our capacities do change. And you might be working with somebody who does have something from their past that stops them from reaching that excellence, that point of excellence. And it's really such a rel- relative term based on where somebody is at that time. And one of the things that you said, Angelique, was um, you are a, um, you used to be a perfectionist. You understand now, and I, and I get that being a perfectionist, that you have to pull it back a lot and, and allow yourself, honor yourself, mind, body, and soul spiritually to not be that person. How do you help yourself, David? How do you help yourself if you feel like either you you want everything to be perfect because it, it, it can't happen every single day, every single time. Well, perfect is a myth. Thank you. Um, and, And so is ready for that matter. Like, you know, I think that we can always give ourselves, we can always push out a timeline to start. We can always push out a timeline to begin because we're trying to reach perfection or reach readiness. And it's a myth. It's garbage. It's baloney. Um, if I look back now to things that I released or launched or whatever five years ago, at the time I thought this, you know, I, I was pursuing perfection with it. You know, I was pursuing that it was just right and just ready. And and I look back now, I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe anybody bought that. You know, it just it reminds you of how much you grow in your own personal capacity and, and you're just never going to have it right. Like it's just right for that time in that season, in that moment for whomever it is that you're creating it for, because it's you before your breakthrough. And essentially that's what I want for people to remember now in pursuit of anything is that is a myth. It's a myth and you'll never be able to get it. Um, just where you want it because it's it doesn't exist. You're- so what do you do with somebody who always wants to wait until they're ready? What's your advice for that person who always says, I'm not ready, I'm not ready, I'm not ready? David? Okay, so I'm going to go back to my daughter and myself. Um, and this is, this is, I think, a reality for a lot of people. And this is what changed my life is I came to the realization one time that I will half-ass something if my heart isn't in it. And I think, look, there are some people who are, are perfectionists and they do a good job and they can wake up every day and go to a job they hate and do a good job because it's not me and I don't think it's a lot of people. So the, one of the very first, on the very first page of my book, there's a quote by Howard Thurman and I think this says a lot. It says, don't ask what the world needs, ask what makes you come alive and go do it because what the world needs is for people who have come alive. Don't ask yourself what the world needs. Don't ask yourself what anybody else needs. Even in your own home, you know, keeping the marriage together, keeping your family together, but 
you got to do what makes you come alive. What makes me come alive isn't what makes Angelique come alive. She doesn't like to spend a lot of time in this room other than the podcast. I like to come up here and play loud Led Zeppelin music and just be here. I, I realize that if I don't feed my soul by doing what makes me come alive, I'm dead. I'm, I'm not good for anybody else. So my biggest thing when I coach people in my Speak Up program, and that's exactly what it is, what makes you come alive first? Because if not, you're going to half-ass it. And, and I spent my life half-assing a lot of stuff. And I came to realization when, my, when, my, when we first got married and we were making no money and my father owned a company and she looked at me as the provider and said, well, why don't you go to work for your dad's company? Because he's going to leave you this company someday with a lot of money. And I looked at her and I said, because you'll come home to a miserable husband every day. No matter how much money we have from that company, you'll right. come home to a miserable person. So I think a lot of people out there are doing things that make them miserable for the sake of money or, or for the sake of that's what their mom or dad wanted them to do or that's what a professor told them to do. And they're not acting in their gifts and they're half-assing every single thing that they do because their heart isn't in it and their spirit isn't in it. When there's something that I want to do, I'll sit up till four o'clock in the morning making a family video because that is my jam and I want it to be perfect for my girls. And right. I'll put music to it and I'll, and I'll make sure it's edited perfectly. And I do the same thing with my course and I do the same thing with my book. Angelique would ask me, what are you doing? It's Saturday. Why are you writing? And I said, because this is what I love to do. And when, I, when you love to do something, you put your heart and soul into it. So I think listeners out there, man, don't go by the dollar. Don't go by what somebody else told you to do. You got to have one shot at this world. There's no do-overs. Do something you're super passionate about and be successful at it. No dress rehearsal. And you can't chase the money. The money is not the thing that's going to make you happy. It is, it is what's turning you on, what, where you flip up the switch, right? And what really turns you on and gets you excited because that's going to be the thing that you do that's not half-assed because we've all half-assed some things. Think about the person that grew up and their parent wanted them to be a doctor or a lawyer. And they said, well, you know what, dad, I, I really want, I like making tacos and I want a food truck someday. And, and they're like, well, you're not going to be successful at that. And then next thing you know, you know, this person has a taco truck on the food network and they got a franchise or something and they're doing their passion and they're the best damn food truck taco maker the world's ever seen. And you're going to make money in it and you're going to be happy. Whatever you do, if you're at the top of your profession and you put your heart and soul into it, you're going to make money. So what do you two, what did the two of you do? What's the advice for having this healthy marriage to people who are different, but are the same. What do you do to maintain the healthiness and, and excellence of your marriage? I know my answer, but I'm gonna let her go first. Uh, well, one of the, I think one of the most important things, obviously intimacy, intimacy is very important. And I believe intimacy is more than physical connection. Um, if intimacy is lost, then a lot has gone with it. Can I just interrupt you for one second? I love that you said that because people do not understand that intimacy and sex are totally different. different things. So, yeah. yeah, two totally different things. Um, I crave connection. I crave conversation. I crave uh, somebody asking, you know, getting to know me for my whole life. I crave, I want for, you know, David to, um, you know, to, to ask like how he can bring value today. Like that to me is intimacy. I, I want for our communication so I can look at David and when I see him in a rut, be able to pull him out of it. Um, even if it doesn't come from me, who can I 
who can I help him? Who can I introduce him to, to help him come out of what that might be? You know, I, I really believe intimacy comes down to, again, calling each other to a higher standard. Everything in life is on the other side of a tough conversation and including a healthy marriage. And those tough conversations come in those moments sometimes when you have to nip things in the bud. When you are watching someone go off the rails, when you're, when you're not, you know, um, be meeting the needs of your spouse, you know, from both sides, from myself or from David, like we have to be able to lovingly have that conversation and say, look, like if, if we're going to make this work, if this is going to, you know, be a healthy marriage and if we're able to spend the time that we want to spend in each other, like we need to invest in understanding what makes each other tick. We need to invest in intimacy beyond the bedroom. We need to invest in conversation. We need to invest in looking up from our devices and creating moments, sacred moments, sacred time, sacred boundaries, date nights, you know, little things. And that, listen, it's tough. Like we're in, a, we're in the thick of it right now um, with, it's not, we have nobody here to help us. Nobody. Like, his parents are 81 years old and they live in Florida. So we can't just get up and go on a date night and have the things, you know, we have to create different versions of what those sacred moments are. And when you get out of practice, it's hard. It's very difficult to, to get that wheel going again, but it can be done as long as you're both committed to making sure that you will never, ever, ever let this die. That's and that's it's a commitment. It's a commitment to what what is going to make you happy, to the things that are important to you. Because people will spend their time and money on the things that are important to them. So if it's your marriage and you just you're listening to this, please spend the time to listen to your partner and spend that time talking and away from your devices because it's not going to happen overnight and without you making the effort to do it. David, what about you? Uh, there's a famous philosopher one time by the name of Mick Jagger who said, um, you can't always get what you want, but you what? You get what you need, right? Right. Look, again, it's common sense from a man's standpoint. If we could get married, watch football every weekend and have sex every night, we'd probably be content for the most part. You don't always get what you want, right? You get what you need. And, and I say that a little bit tongue in cheek, but to deny to deny that we are men driven by hormones and, and we are completely different than women is is to deny reality. So what does it mean that we get what we need? We get someone that balances us out. We get someone that is is going to correct us when we are in need of correction. We get someone who who allows us to be who we are without trying to micromanage us and without trying to make us into something that they want. I've seen family members uh, whose marriages have gone off track because they didn't have any communication. They brought up ex-boyfriends or ex-girlfriends, and everything was a scorecard. Now, Angelique and I talk about this in the book, and I even made a little uh, a meme. I found a, I found a scoreboard, and I, and I put it above our heads. And basically, I think that's what a lot of couples have. Let's call it in the bedroom or in the kitchen or wherever you do most of your fighting. They have this continuous scoreboard where they are keeping score. So that being said, you have to have a really short memory if you want to have a successful relationship because most of the minor things don't count. Most of the minor things, forget about them. When people hold on to those things, that's when they start to count. So I don't want to be, I don't want to be uh, counter kind of 
what, what I say is you have to have a short memory about the things that don't matter and don't hold on to the things that do. So I didn't want to be counterproductive in saying that. That's good Meaning advice. Most of the fights are stupid. Let them go. Get over it. You know that you're going to love that person that you're in it for the long haul. Mm-hmm. But at the same point, if you're holding on to something that's really massive or think something that's important to you and you're not letting it out, that's when it all builds up one day and it's too late. Mm-hmm. So the turn on philosophy in the book, as I say, you don't want to put your marriage, your health or your business on cruise control. You, you put your business on cruise control, meaning you think you're safe in your job and you're not trying to get ahead. And one day you walk in, the boss is like, got to let you go. You put yourself on cruise control in your body. You walk into the doctor one day, he says, I got some bad news for you. You put yourself on cruise control in your marriage. Your wife says, you got to sign these papers. And you're like, where did that come from? Right. Because you weren't present. You weren't listening. You were, you, were in your, you were doing your own thing. You weren't present. And you, you guys talk about being present all the time. And we are actually almost done. And I'm like, so upset. You guys have to come back and be on the we show will. again. <laughs> I have one more question to ask you. The time has just literally flown. Angelique. What does fearlessly authentic mean to you? Or what does it mean to live a fearlessly authentic life to you? Um, You know, my mom, it's funny because David's course is called Speak Up. And um, my mom always used to tell me, Angie, you need to speak up. And the reason why is because I was showing a pattern of being a doormat. And um, I think being fearlessly authentic is being able to use your voice, but use it for good. Not because you need to win for yourself, but you want to win for others. And that goes back to even, you know, our question before about marriage is if I'm, if I'm going to go to battle with something in my marriage, it's because I want to win for us. And I want to win because it, it fits within the divine order of how God created a, a home and what That's he called beautiful. the family to do. So I wouldn't do it because I need to be right or no one pull, someone's not pulling their weight or whatever. It's because we are somehow have inverted divine order. And that's what I believe fearlessly authentic means to me is, is I, if I am living under the assignment that God has created for me in my life, and if that's not being, um, if that's not being held up to the standard that I believe that he has set for me, then I have been inauthentic of not living within what I've been called for. And to be fearless with it means that I can't care what society thinks. I can't care what culture says. I can't care. Like I can't, it's not that I don't, it's not that I'm insensitive. It just means I can't care. And that's a completely different thing than saying I don't care. That's so heartfelt and beautiful. I love that. Thank you, David. You have 30 I seconds. Have 30 to seconds. Answer so, question. so why do we love comedians? We love comedians because they say things that we're all thinking. So being fearlessly authentic to me means we're all more alike than we are different he who is without sin cast the first stone. Guys, just realize that what you're thinking, we're all thinking. Nobody's above it. Nobody's winning all the time. We're all human. Thank you. Thank you so much. How can people reach you? Everything is turned on. Turned on Turnedon.com. That's the podcast. We own the domain. So if you Google turned on, you might find some other things, but we did that on purpose. Turnedon.com is where you can find us. Yeah. And our Instagram handle is Angelique Nori and David Nori dot turned on. Got it. Thank you so, so much. I've learned an incredible amount. You are a wonderful couple and, and I wish you all the beauty and love and, and excellence in your life. Thank you so much for being my guest today and uh, happy holidays. Thank you for having Thank us. Thank you for having us. Thank you everybody for listening. Thank you, Jody. Thanks. Bye-bye.
Thank you for tuning in this week to Fearlessly Authentic. Please listen again next Thursday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time for another edition with your host, Jody Harrison Bauer, on the Voice America Empowerment Channel and unlock the keys to a more powerful you.